This season is brought to you by our great friends at Bloomerang. At Bloomerang, their vision is to empower fundraisers to do what they love and build a world inspired by giving, which all starts with their mission and commitment to fundraisers, making fundraising easier, fostering authentic donor relationships, and creating thriving nonprofits. This episode is brought to you by MSP Cultivate. New challenges arrive on your desk every day. New trends in communications are popping up faster than you can follow them, and technology affects everything you do. Our friends at MSP Cultivate help you find the right strategy and execution to help you accomplish your most fundamental goal, engaging and connecting with your donors. To learn more, visit mspcultivate.com. From We Are For Good Studios, this is Fundraising is Funny. I'm Lynn Wester. And I'm Clay Buck. Every week, you can join us to share laughs and shocking case studies as we unpack the most ridiculous situations that happen within our sector. Because sometimes we just have to laugh at ourselves in order to learn. Laughter through tears is my favorite emotion. <laughs> this is the podcast, and we're your people. We've got you, friends. We've got snacks, too. Because here's the thing. We believe in the power of generosity to change the world. And something tells us you do, too. At the root of each of these stories is a serious ethical question, a system or a structure or a person that allowed it to happen, or an outdated practice that is just ready for disruption. Now, don't worry. All the names here have been changed to protect the innocent. But the stories we share are 100% real life in the world of nonprofit fundraising. Because, come on. Fundraising is funny. Okay, let's go. Well, hey, Lynn. I think we should just stare at each other in silence like we just did for a minute. <laughs> that would make for a great podcast. I was like, you first, no, you first, no, you first, no, you first. Come join us on Fundraising is Quiet. Ooh, ASMR. <laughs> for fundraisers, I love it. We 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 take paper clips off of checks. <laughs> Hey, friends, thanks for joining us today. Fundraising is indeed funny. And as you can tell, Lynn and I are already into it and giggling already. This is a good one. This is a good one. I mean, like, I feel like this episode is like philosophically enlightened. Oh. It's, I've got a topic that I have been schmish smashing around for. Spell that for me. Schmish. Schmosh. Smashing around for approximately. Well, pre-pandemic, I was doing this at conferences and such. I'm going to make you play a game. Oh, I like games. See, yeah. At least that makes two of us. So, uh, and it's funny because, you know, we live in the world of fundraising. And, and fundraising's funny. Fundraising's funny, but also words matter. Words, words like matter. Smish, mosh, mash. Smish, mosh, mash. Or today, um, friend, my friend John said cattywampus, and I hadn't heard that in a while. I love that word. Cattywampus. Cattywampus is a good one. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've been thinking a lot about the words that we say and, you know, this whole idea of a culture of generosity, a culture of philanthropy. Mm -hmm. Everybody throws around, you got to have a culture of philanthropy. Yeah. You got to have a culture of philanthropy. And yeah. I'm like, I did not know what that was until I got into fundraising. Of course, of course, I didn't know what soft ask meant either or life <laughs> under cyber, but that's, I still don't know what soft ask is. I think it's like, have you, 
okay, a small digression. Mm. You know, in other countries, they don't do like easy, easy over eggs over easy eggs hard, but they, they don't do that. They just do eggs. How do you know? How do you want your eggs? You, you should done? say in America, you don't get choice. <laughs> you get eggs. You're not on that medium hard, medium soft, poachedy, boachedy. It's just trough of eggs like normal people. If you're lucky, you get some beans with them. Wow. I've been in England lately. Okay. You get a toad in the hole if you're extra lucky. I love a good toad in the hole. Toad in the hole. I love a good toad in the hole. All this to say Mm. that, so I've been flea fluff flustering around with this for a Mm -hmm. while. And, you know, both you and I are big proponents of diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, justice. 100%. Right. And this kind of touches on that in, in terms of, you know, in fundraising, we uh, deal with lots of money, whether we like to or not. Yeah. Money's an interesting thing. It makes you funny, uh, as my dad would say. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the way we talk about our donors, you know, low-hanging fruit, all that stuff, but like, also this culture of philanthropy. Yes. Right, that they're philanthropists, the philanthropy top 50 and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And so, I don't know. Let's play a game. Okay. I like games. Play along. Play along. So, close your eyes. <laughs> okay. Eyes are closed. Basically an exercise in trust here. <laughs> I do not do trust falls. Oh, okay. I don't. I try not to do falls because I feel like uh, they would yeah. be ouchy. Yeah. And so. There's that. Uh, so, you got your eyes closed. Yes. And I want you to picture a philanthropist. Okay. Got it. Anyone in, you know, any, your choice. A philanthropist. A philanthropist. Yes. Okay. Describe them using adjectives. Describe, Describe for them. me a philanthropist. Keep your eyes closed because it helps your juices flow, don't you think? Is this like a like a Mad Libs kind of thing? I don't know, but I did like Mad Libs on road trips when I was a child. Yeah. I always got a new one, and I was so eloquent. I had an older brother, and I was so eloquent at age 9 through 11 that I would use words like fart and burp. There you go. Um, so describe a flamp. Uh, th- th- wow. The Philanthropist. That one. That one. Starts with P, ends with ist. Um, so I immediately go to wealthy, of course. Okay. Um, I go to older. Oh. Um, gosh. It, so if I'm like picturing, like visually yeah, do picturing. What you do, man. I mean, a philanthropist, I just always kind of go to that, the Monopoly character with the monocle and the top hat and the, you know. <laughs> Which, of course, makes me go male. Uh-huh. Um, uh, urban, like a big city. Um, oh. You know, so, like, tycoon. Tech house apartment tycoon. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Drives a fancy car. Park place. Park place, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> all of that. So now we're going to play again. Different okay. round, different word. Yes. I want you to picture a generous person. Ah, okay. Hit me with your best shot. Well, see. Fire away. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean now this is this is where my bias comes in having spent as much time as i have working with individual donors and you say generous and i am thinking of um you know i'm i'm thinking of grandma mabel who who sends in 25 dollars whenever she's asked to help provide food for a family i'm thinking of um generous i'm thinking of These some adjectives um, kindness, thoughtfulness, mm-hmm. um, uh, caring. Um, yeah. Um, generous. Having a tough time with that physical description, aren't you? Well, 
but much less monocle. You're much less, right. I don't have a visual from a game that I played most of my life, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You automatically went to a female too. I did. I did. It's true. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. I do this experiment a lot in conferences uh-huh. because I want people to start thinking about generosity versus philanthropy. Not that they're mutually exclusive. Yeah. But one, generosity is more inclusive. Yes. Anybody can be generous. And indeed are. All the time. Yes. Time, talent, and treasure I can give you. Yes. And I'm generous. Yes. But not everybody can be considered a philanthropist. I I, I hear you. Not right. as inclusive. Yeah. If, if you asked Grandma Jenny if she mm-hmm. was a philanthropist, she'd say, no, I just do what I can. Exactly. Yes, exactly right. right. Yep. And even... Thinking about the culture of philanthropy, the philanthropy top 50 or the, Mm -hmm. you know, there are people that give away healthy sums of money. Sure. Who don't consider themselves philanthropists. No, exactly. Six figures even. Yeah. And so the question is, and the question becomes for us, do we value generosity or do we value philanthropy at our nonprofit organizations? Mm. Mm. I mean, we even have the chronicle of philanthropy. We don't have the chronicle of generosity. Right. Right. But- if a corporation does a really good thing, so say say Apple donates 10,000 laptops, mm-hmm. are they philanthropists or are they generous? Are they both? Well, we'd probably recognize them at some event as, you know, the philanthropist <laughs> of the year. So <laughs> Nothing like an acrylic plaque to make you feel warm and bubbly inside. <laughs> With a $500 uh, dinner that, you know, you can only claim the uh, the total amount minus the fair market value. Right, which right. is $283.54 yeah. <laughs> in Vegas. In, in other places, it's like $12 and a right. coupon to Sizzler. Right. But... All that to say is this idea of generosity. Mm-hmm. And when we think about our industry, even, mm-hmm. we laud these big billionaires and millionaires sure. who give big gifts. But did you know, and I, I'm sure you did, but I'm a nerd for facts. You're a nerd for data. Um, not that data and facts are. I was just going to say tomato, tomato. Data, data. <laughs> so I'm a nerd. And did you know that in America, mm-hmm. Those beneath the poverty line, that's less than $19,000 a year, mm-hmm. give on average 3.7% of their income or their worth away. I did know that, actually, yes. And those billionaires up there, those mm-hmm. at the top percentile, mm-hmm. they give on average 0.8%. Yep. At philanthropy top 50, yep. 0.8%. So when we look at it as a percentage of the whole. No bueno. It's different. It's different. The poorer you are, the more generous you are in this country. It's interesting. Yeah. And even if you do an experiment, you know, they've, they've done experiment after experiment where they take someone um, like a, a person who may not be housed mm-hmm. at the moment mm-hmm. and they give them a $20 bill or they give them a meal. Mm-hmm. They immediately go and share it with others. Mm-hmm. And someone would say, well, that's not why they're not wealthy. And then a wealthy person, you give them the $20 and they're like, how many ways can I put this in my bank account? Right. And invest it. And right. Yeah. And so, and that's not true. You know, the, we're oh. using some, some, some generalizations here. It's Mary Poppins. <laughs> Toppins. No, really. Right. Right. The whole scene with the bank's children, they take them to the bank and they want to invest the Toppins properly invested in the bank. Right. Remember that? And they want to give it to the bird woman to feed exactly. the birds. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, you know, we really need to think about this when we talk in our communications about philanthropy. Mm-hmm. Um, when we use the word philanthropist, 
And it's interesting because, um, and we'll probably do a whole episode on women and generosity. Right, yeah. But this whole idea of that immediately when you thought generous, you went female. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that, you know, or at the end when you were talking about a philanthropist, someone who wants their name on a building. Right. Most women don't put their names on buildings. Yeah, right. It's not a very female right. trait. Uh, I'm trying to think of a snack that would go with generosity. Like what, what would be the generosity? 100 grand bar? No, that's the philanthropist bar. <laughs> Take five might be. There the, we go. Or a whatchamacallit. A whatchamacallit. I love a whatchamacallit. I love a good crispy whatchamacallit. With the crispy whatchamacallit. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to take a break. We're going to go hunt down a whatchamacallit back in 1984. Uh, um, and, uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about this idea of inclusive language and exclusive language here when we get back. Hey, Lynn. Hey, Clay. Guess what time it is? Uh, snack time? It's, you know, it's always snack time. It's recognition time, and it's time for us to share some recognition for our good, good friends at Bloomerang. That's Bloomerang, not Boomerang, because, ow. We love these folks and they love us and it's just a mutual love society and Bloomerang offers donor management and online fundraising software uh, that really helps small to medium nonprofits like First Tee of Greater Akron, which is um, an amazing nonprofit that empowers kids and teens through the game of golf. Speaking of golf, their executive director, Josh, talks about how much he loves Bloomerang and how it saves them time and has really helped them change the way they fundraise. So to listen to the full interview with First Tee of Greater Akron, visit bloomerang.com forward slash funny, or you can just click the link in the show notes and help us join the Mutual Admiration Society for the platform that is Bloomerang. And we're back. We are. Just digging a whatchamacallit out of my teeth. Oh, okay. <laughs> a thing of a bopper. A dingle hopner. No, that's uh that's uh mermaid. It's uh, uh, yes, that's where I was going. That's where I was going. We are got, full of Disney references and today. It's galore. Right. You want, you want thing of bobs? I got twenty. But who cares? No big deal. I want more. I wanna be where the donors are. I want to see want to see their checkbooks. Actually, oh my gosh, I had completely forgotten this. Somewhere on my old blog from years ago yes. is I, we will find it. We will post it in the show notes. I totally did a whole version of this song that was "I Want to Be Where the Donors Are." Wow, was that the year you were single? Or I'm getting the "You Are Such a Dork" look. No, I was pretty the, proud of it. it. Actually, the, it was pretty funny. It wasn't the dork slot it, it was, was pretty funny i was pretty proud of it you know we'll post it in the show notes and we'll let others judge do you no judgment first of mm. all because we love everything about you clay mm. second of all i once had some uh people who enjoyed donor relations guru mm-hmm. you know i i kind of coined the word thask yes and they wrote a whole dr seuss poem about thasking. <laughs> it does sound like a dr seuss villain it doesn't does, it the thask right? The Thask. I, I have to find that and share that with our audience. Well, now I'm going to Lewis Carroll, beware the Thask, my son. Right. Right. So um, we were talking about generosity and philanthropy. We were and indeed. even the words. The, yes. You know, yes. One has a lot of letters. One has a little less letters, but still a lot of letters. Yes. Indeed. And so. Um, 
Well, one of the things in recent years that has really, really gotten me excited, and this is why I say it is one of the most exciting times ever to be a fundraiser, um, because I certainly remember when our technology included um, uh, uh, carbon copies and three by five cards. White out. White out. bottle. Yep. Um, back in the day when we used to get prospect research and it would come in three ring binders, you know, yeah. and they like every six months you'd have to replace them. Anyway. Um, to me, one of the most exciting uh, pieces of research that, that I have seen and been fortunate to be a part of is the work that um, Drs. Adrian Sargent and Dr. Jen Shang are doing at the Institute of Sustainable Philanthropy mm-hmm. um, on philanthropic psychology. And they offer a, a whole course, uh, a certificate in philanthropic psychology. And there's a whole, there's a whole lot in it, right? Is that psychologists who analyze fundraisers or <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, no, I thought, you know, like, Oh, what's wrong with you? You work at a nonprofit. <laughs> no, no. Dr. Adrian, Dr. Adrian Sargent and Dr. Jen Shang are probably um, the leading researchers in philanthropy. I, I love them both. I just was trying to be a funny <laughs> because I thought, wouldn't it be great if they did a psychological study on fundraisers and what was wrong with us? Um, wow. Yes. I mean, just me would be like a whole, anyway, um, digress. Yes. So one, one of the things that the psychological literature brings forward is whenever you survey people and ask people in scientific surveys, and this is across, right, across disciplines, every time you ask people to describe themselves, the key words that they use, there's like nine adjectives that continue to come up every single time in every different survey. I'm not going to make you list them all. I'm not going to list them all. But I bet we have one that we were just talking about. Generous is at the top of the list. Some of the words that I actually wasn't thinking of this when you did the game with me, but kind, generous, thoughtful, right? These are the words that people use to describe themselves. These are the identities that how people see They don't see say them. they're a philanthropist. Nobody walks around and goes, hi, I'm Lynn, I'm a philanthropist. Right. But everybody aspires right. to be generous, hopefully. Right. right. Right? Exactly. And, you know, it's so interesting because we're all, you know, I think a lot of people are chasing the big dime, the big dollar, the, you know what I mean? Like right. The, but, gosh, wouldn't it be better to just be kind? Right. Wouldn't it be better just to be thoughtful or right. generous. And in in the use, in the implementation of philanthropic psychology, and see, there's even that name, right? Philanthropic psychology, right? Not just psychology it, of generosity. Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't that be more approachable though? Like say I'm getting into the field and I want to study the psychology of generosity, not right. philanthropic psychology. Right. 204. Right. That's a definitely a 200 or 300 level class. Right. Right. Um, yeah. But in, in, in the studying of why people give, it's, mm-hmm. it's generous. It's part of their identity. It's generous. part of who they are. Well, yeah. And I see myself as a generous person, despite what others may, may or may not say about me. Right. And I think people aspire to be generous. Yes. And I, I wonder, I, I, and you know, this goes back to your, philanthropic psychology, if you had to pair generous versus wealthy, would you rather, would people pick, I'd rather have a lot of money or I'd rather be generous? Yeah. Interesting. Like, how not do you that want, those are binary. How do you want people to remember you? Right. Do I want people to remember that I was wealthy? Do I want people to remember that I was a kind person who cared? 
Right. And yeah. I, I just think, I think those two things, while not mutually exclusive, they say different things. You know, in, philanth- in, in philanthropy, in fundraising, we have a lot of behaviors that are exclusive. Right. Giving societies, for example. Uh-huh. What a way to exclude people that don't match the description. Right. 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 But can't we work on being more inclusive as a profession? Sure. So which word is more inclusive, generosity or philanthropy? Exactly. Generosity. So say, for example, um, you know, Grandma Jenny that you were talking about or, uh-huh. or Auntie Pam. Auntie Pam. You know, yeah. Auntie Pam she loves magazines. Yes. And she gets her magazine subscriptions. And then after she reads the magazine, she brings them down to the local um, nursing home mm-hmm. and gives them her month's worth of magazines, Southern sure. Living, Taste of Home, you know, sure. Better Homes and Gardens, quality right. publications. Um, uh, she now includes that that new one. Um, what is it called? It's, um, uh, it's uh, oh, I can't remember it, but it's... Um, it's it's one from the south that I can't remember. It's like a step beyond Southern living. Uh huh. Okay. And uh, so, anywho, so she. Oh, guns and gardens. That's it. Guns I love and guns and gardens. That one scares me. Like I don't think I should have it mailed oh, to myself. It's such a great magazine. I though. know, but also. Eh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. she goes and donates her magazines down to the nursing home. Uh huh. And then. In the spring, thanks to Southern Living, she has some nice florals, and she brings them some flowers from her garden as well. Right. And those tomatoes that never sure. stop growing. The cucumbers, you know, you grow one cucumber plant, and mm-hmm. woo, you're in cucumbers for the year. Is she, is she not a good person because she's not a philanthropist? Right, yeah. She's generous. Right. She's kind. Yeah. And she's helping people read about guns and gardens. And who doesn't want that in their life? Right, right, right. So, right. what's our punchline today? I I am a hundred percent with you, and here to encourage all of us to celebrate the generous more than the philanthropist. Mm-hmm. Now, let's acknowledge the hardship. Let Let's do acknowledge that it takes work. To change anything? It takes work to change. It takes work to value it. And it takes work to get, to move from the mindset of, we have to go after the wealthy donors whose names are on every building to, right, we have to, we, we need to engage the generosity of the people who believe in our mission. Because you do have to build infrastructure. You do not, you do have to change your processes and your systems to support that. But the first step is changing the mindset and, the language. The concept and the language. Because if we name it, then the attitude follows. Mm-hmm. Like, what if we just change some of our, some of the content in our publications to read, instead of philanthropy, we said generosity. Right. Right. right? It, it also would make our language more approachable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And more human centering on, you know, that you're a generous human rather than, um, you know, oh, Wow. You know, your your philanthropy inspires. Right, right, right. I don't right. know that it does, but right. my generosity makes me feel good and makes others feel, around me feel good as well. Right, right, right. So, yeah. The power of just saying to a donor, Lynn, you are one of Agni Charity's most generous donors. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite phrases in an acknowledgement is, I'm humbled by your generosity. Love that, yeah. Right? That. Like, that kind of gets to the heart. 
Yeah. Of what we're saying. And I'm sure we're going to do an episode all about thank yous. I'm sure we will. And acknowledgements. Who us? No. I mean, I can't, you know, I can't do a a podcast and not talk about thanking your donors, right? Right. So, um, So changing our words, changing our concepts, right? Yeah. And so what's our, what, you know, we love for our community to join us at fundraisingisfunny.com. Yep. Can maybe they could show us examples of where they've replaced, you know, philanthropy with generosity. Sure. Uh, thinking along the lines of how they can make their language more inclusive in general. Yeah. You know, and really kind of wandering through that process of change of how do I have everybody feel included in this wild world of fundraising? Exactly. And what does that look like and what does that mean? I'd encourage everybody to take a look at Giving Tuesday's recent report, um, uh, measuring the uh, measuring the generosity ecosystem. Uh, and Woodrow Rosenbaum, who's the, the head of the Giving Tuesday Data Commons, really spearheaded that and has been out there championing it. It's just a phenomenal report. And, and the long and the short of it is, right, if we just measure dollars, if we just measure the things that we typically measure, like tax returns, then we miss seeing the the number of donors that are active in so many ways in volunteering and giving things and giving in giving dollars and that people see themselves as generous, as thoughtful, as engaged. And and that as a as a place of right, really acknowledging what is happening. Because yeah. I'm I'm willing to bet too that people are more generous with your charity than sometimes you notice, right? Well and I Mercy. think yeah, you know, I always say that the biggest ask of a person isn't their money, it's their time. Yeah. And we often forget that. Like, yeah. I'd much rather give you $50 than three hours at a, you know, seated banquet eating airline uh, chicken. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd much yeah. rather, here, here's $50. Yeah. Please. Indeed. You know, here, use it for your mission. Please don't make me eat that airline chicken. So share those times with us of yeah. generosity you've experienced, how you acknowledge generosity. Right. And also, just the ways that maybe you've made your nonprofit's language more inclusive. There we go. Exactly. That'd be awesome. Well, we look forward to hearing from you, and we will talk to you soon on a future episode of Fundraising is Funny. See you soon, everybody.